Welcome to Crushgasm, the podcast dedicated to the highs and lows of crushes from their first to their worst. We're going to cover them all with a cascade of characters, including our guest today, Girl at the Rock Shows, a cat mom, live music junkie, blogger, and all-around workaholic who is here to talk not only about her extensive music site, Girl at the Rock Shows, but also her crush on one half of the hottest twins in the emo realm, Benji Madden. Girl, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic today. I always love when an emo crush comes by. Those are the best. It makes you relive your youth a little bit. It does because like um, in September, we're kicking off with teeny bopper crushes and I talked to a Gen Z and hers was Justin Bieber. So it was like talking to, you know, a youthful person. I was like, okay, <laughs> a little different. And I mentioned to her that I used to love Nick Carter of the Backstreet Boys, but then about eighth grade, my heart started to lean towards Joel Madden. And in many ways, I was kind of in my head, like, why, why did I do that? And I thought maybe it was, I was trying to step away from being like a little kid, liking boy bands and try to seem more cool, quote unquote, cool by liking this like punk rock guy. Do you think like, did you have that similar experience with your crush with Benji? Did you have a teeny bopper crush and think, hmm, this guy's way cooler and I'll look cooler if I like him? I mean, I really didn't have any teeny bopper crushes. I'm from Iowa, so I literally grew up listening and worshiping uh, Slipknot. So I think I started at a very young age looking for those alternative guys. Wow. Okay, so what, did you like anybody in Slipknot? Because I mean, for anyone listening, they wore masks. Um, so you didn't really see their faces too much where you're like, ooh, that mask is kind of cute. <laughs> yeah, some of them. I also, I worked in a couple record shops in Des Moines. So I actually knew them without their masks on. So I didn't find any of them super attractive, but I kind of liked the bad boy attitude and it definitely didn't make my parents happy, which made me happy. Oh, so Benji wasn't like the first rebellious kind of looking or person you like. So did you like those more bad boy guys in real life, too? I mean, recently, yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Now that my parents are here to watch who I'm bringing home. Yes. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) and I have to ask why Benji and not Joel? Yeah. You know what? Other people have asked me that, too. And I think it's because I had a friend group. And someone else had already claimed Joel. And I just, there was something about Benji and I like his name. Okay, I get that. I get that. Because it's like when you do have a friend group and there is like a group you like, you kind of do take dibs. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and not till I got older. You know, I have my, one of my friends, we are, we call ourselves sister wives of Nick Carter of Backstreet Boys because now we're older and we can accept other people into our lives <laughs> and our crushes. But yeah, at the time it was like, if you like who I like, we're not friends anymore. Even though it's like they're celebrities <laughs> and you're like 12 and it's like, you're not really going to marry this person, but I get it. Right, but at the time you think there's a chance. So you got to be nice to your friends. So... <laughs> Is your friend still crushing on Joel to this day? Like you crush on Benji? 
I honestly lost touch with that entire friend group, unfortunately. So I don't know, but I hope if they're out there, they're, they're still in love with them like I am. So what was it about Benji that made him it for you? I really don't know. I think I really liked some of his tattoos and he was in um, a Phoenix TX music video and did a song with Mest and he just seemed to be kind of all over the place and I really liked that. Ooh, Mest, old school. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Do you have like a favorite Benji like look from a video? Definitely the Liberty Spikes in, um, was that Lifestyles of the Rich yes. and the Spikes? <laughs> yep. But also like his half pink, half black hair from Little Things with Mandy Moore in the video. That one was a good one. I forgot she was in that video. Yeah, that was her, right? That was Mandy Moore. Yeah. We'll have to look. We'll have to look. I'll find yeah, out. I <laughs> did I mean you're someone who goes to concerts all the time, but did you ever get to see Benji when your crush was like still fresh out of the gate? Like middle school you was like, I'm going to the good Charlotte show. Unfortunately not. They really never came to Des Moines, Iowa. So I don't think I saw them until I moved to the Twin Cities and I was, you know, 18, 19 maybe. I know. I look back and there was the time, I, I forgot what tour it was, but they did it with Newfound Glory. And I like to this day, it still kills me that like Total Request Live was backstage. They were showing the footage and I'm like, mom, how dare you not allow me? Oh, I, to this day, it's like one of those shows where I'm like, have the biggest regrets of not being obviously old enough to go <laughs> by myself, right. but my mom not like helping me go. Yeah. I mean, she was probably saving you from yourself on that one. <laughs> yeah, I... God, I don't think I went to a real, like I went to concerts, but I had seats and my first show, I, I was 16 when I went to my first like in the crowd show. What show was it? It was The Used in San oh, Diego. A rough one to go to for your first in the, <laughs> right. but we were like, we we're in the front, thank God. I don't think I would have survived anywhere but the front. <laughs> mm -mm -mm. So like I said, my crush on Joel definitely served as a bridge towards me, like growing up in many ways, but good Charlotte along with Newfound Glory, of course, also pointed me down that path that eventually became that umbrella term we use as like emo music. Did you go full emo back in the day? Like were you emo or were you like me? I was like kind of emo adjacent. I liked the music, but I didn't do the whole like scene hair, eyeliner, skinny jeans. I was just like a t-shirt and jeans fan. <laughs> I was full, I was full blown emo. I was the conductor of trains on MySpace. If anyone remembers those, I was, you know, I had Kiki Cannibal in my top six or top eight. You know, I was. It was definitely good. Charlotte was like my gateway into this whole world, and I really think it shaped my obsession with music. Okay, real quick, what is it? What's a train on MySpace? I was on MySpace, but like begrudgingly, like I didn't <laughs> like it, but all my friends were there. So I was like, well, I got to get one. They had those bulletin boards where you could be <sighs> in a train and it would be like, you can go through and add friends and the most seen looking people would be the conductors of these trains. And basically it was just a way to spam out your profile and get more friends. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Makes sense, makes sense. So you did the whole like scene queen hair and everything? Oh, yes, yes. Oh. And all the piercings and like fake piercings before I got the real ones and drawing on like knuckle tattoos. And oh, it was bad. <laughs> it was really bad. 
What were like your favorite knuckle tattoos? Were they like the words? Yeah, always words. Um, like Hello Kitty, because I didn't understand you didn't put letters on your thumbs because it doesn't work, but I thought you did. <laughs> um, just really bad love and hate. I I don't know what I did. <laughs> did you eventually get real ones on your knuckles? I have not touched my knuckles yet. I, you know, now that I'm older, I do have jobs um, and I want good jobs, but I do have my arms and legs pretty much filled at this point. Did you get a good Charlotte tattoo? I got the star tattoos that Joel has on his shoulders. It's actually, they were my first tattoos I ever got. Just the hollowed out stars. Stars were fan- like that is like something like I feel like barbed wire is very 90s, but stars is very our generation. Absolutely. And I couldn't resist. I had to do it. <laughs> so have you watched that Woodstock 99 documentary on HBO? I have not. I don't have HBO, unfortunately. <laughs> well, it's really good. It's not just about the music. It is about the era. And what I found interesting was it told this kind of narrative of like men at that time, especially white men in particular. They were just like so fucking angry and it's a, and they just needed a release. And it was that music. But then I started thinking about like maybe was emo kind of, do you think a retaliation of that? Because emo is very about men being emotional, wearing this skyliner, having like like tighter pants. Have you ever thought about that? You know what? I haven't thought about that, but that makes sense. You know, there was also all the angst, not only on the performer side, but also the listeners and the fans. And I think that was an outlet for a lot of people. Yeah. And on the flip side, how do you think emo music kind of affected your life? It changed everything. I still listen to Taking Back Sunday on the daily basis. I still have a brand new poster hanging over my fireplace. It it gave me something. It gave me a community that I will never forget. Have you um, been able to enjoy like an emo night type thing they do around the country? Yeah, they've done emo night up here in Minneapolis a few times and I go with my friends and it's super fun. But honestly, my friends joke and it's like whenever they come over to my house to hang out, it's essentially an emo night. <laughs> because I'm wearing the same clothes. I wear black band t-shirts and jeans and Converse. And then always have, you know, an emo 2000s playlist playing and there's Warped Tour playing in the basement. And, you know, I haven't changed at all. <laughs> same, same. I, speaking of emo nights and Good Charlotte, when emo night first started, like the L.A. version, I was requesting Good Charlotte like around the clock. I was like, Good Charlotte. And they would always kind of diss me about it. And I was like, oh. Okay, do you think you're too good for Good Charlotte? Like, let's not pretend we didn't all listen to it. And then Good Charlotte, well, Benji and Joel played one of those nights. And I was thinking, hmm, like, kind of, it's kind of just irked me, you know, to like crap on them, but then take advantage of like them live performing. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, I know Good Charlotte was never the hardest or the best band in that era. And I think. You know, it kind of made people not want to admit their love for them. But yeah, I feel like bands like them, a lot of people didn't want to admit that they listened to them religiously. But really, I think a lot of people use them as a gateway into whether it went harder with like Whitechapel or like the metalcore scene or it went poppier with, you know, indie pop bands. I just feel like a whole generation owes a lot to bands like Good Charlotte and they just don't want to admit it. (laughs) 
Yeah, I Blink-182 gets a lot of the cred, but I think that Good Charlotte and like you said, Simple Plan, New Found Glory are on par with them, even though like their music did lean way more poppy in times. And at sometimes, you know, it could get a little like Good Charlotte had a little bit of a cheesy in a couple albums, but it was still good. Right. And cheesy or not, how many of us cried to hold on when we were 14 or 15 and fighting with our parents? Let's be honest here. Don't try and deny it. Oh, my God. I just I just made a face like, girl, yes, me, same. (laughs) Watching it on TRL and just being like, oh, my God, this song just gets me. I think it got all of us. That was, you know, again, you brought up cheesy. That was absolutely cheesy, but it was we all needed it. Yeah. Do you have like a favorite Good Charlotte song that just like is it like till till the day you die? Like your ride or die with that song. They're all great songs and I can't just pick one. Not just one? No, unfortunately not. They all just they all hit me at a certain time, so every song means something different. Mine will always be the click. It was the theme song for that MTV show Undergrads. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> and it's like that's like it's like one of my I think my top ten, not even good show, but just all time. And I've never gotten to see them play it live. They played it over in the UK, and I was like, seriously. <laughs> so emo's influence very obvious on you on a generation, but more about Benji's influence on you because you said you're a proud vegan today because of him. Was that something like was he vegan always, or is it a new thing? Or you know, I don't know. I just remember when I was like 12 or 13, he did a PETA 2 ad with Davey Havoc from AFI, and of course, being 12 or 13 in my mind it was like well obviously he'll marry me if i'm a vegetarian too (laughs) so i came out of my room that morning and told my parents i am done eating meat and they all laughed but now i am 32 and still a proud vegetarian well there you go is he like the first crush to impact you in such a positive like lifestyle way i think so I think, I mean, honestly, I think he was my first real crush. I didn't grow up idolizing Backstreet Boys or NSYNC. Like, I liked them, but there was just something about him. He felt, I felt a connection to all of Good Charlotte, but for some reason, specifically him. Well, that's cool. I mean, now you're living healthier. Well, since you were 12, I mean, that's crazy to make that kind of decision at such a young age. All because of Benji Madden. (laughs) Because you're like, I'm going to marry him. (laughs) Right. And obviously had a better chance if I too was a vegetarian. Well, sadly, I mean, he did get married elsewhere. He's with Cameron Diaz. Is that something like because he's still your crush, you can kind of still keep a tabs on him and if he's in the headlines? I mean, let's be honest, when was the last time any of those boys were in the headlines? <laughs> well, I think it's when she had the baby. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, I'll be honest, I maybe cried a little bit the night I heard he was married to Cameron Diaz because now I know I have no chance. You know, I think it's just part of having a crush on a celebrity like that. You look past it. It's like whenever I get to see them live now, I get like butterflies in my stomach. It's like, oh, my God, he's right there. I know I'm not going to have a chance. I know that. But like, there's still something about it. Wasn't that like a weird relationship, though? When you found that out, I was like, Cameron Diaz and Benji? Yeah, I think I remember telling my mom, and my mom's like, no, that's not true. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's just weird. And then Joel's with, like, Nicole Richie. You're just like, this makes no right. sense in my head. 
Right, and then I start wondering, did I downplay how big of a deal this band was just because I had such a personal connection? Like, in my mind, Good Charlotte was never that big of a band, but now they're married to these giant superstars. Yeah, you're like, what kind of scene were they running in? It wasn't the emo one, because they would be married to, like, you'd like one of, like, a scene queen or something. Right, like Haley Williams or someone, yeah, not Nicole Richie. <laughs> Haley Williams, unfortunately, went with the other band, <laughs> Newfound Glory. Right, but they broke up, so he's back on the market. He just, he got remarried. He just had a baby. Oh my God, they're all getting married and I'm stuck here with two cats. <laughs> so it's okay. It's okay. We all grow <laughs> at different rates. Yeah. <laughs> so let's say Cameron Diaz wasn't in, a, well, she wasn't in the picture and your veganism, your vegetarianism worked and you were with Benji Madden today. How do you think your life would be? Honestly, the exact same as it is right now. Two cats. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's like the pipe dream. You always have to have that pipe dream. And I don't know what it would be like if it actually, if anything, I don't know. That's like, an interesting question. Like, would you still be blogging? Would you just want to be on tour with him? Maybe doing stuff for the band behind the scenes? No, I definitely think I would still be blogging and doing my thing and you know, again, I feel like bands like Good Charlotte and specifically Good Charlotte are the reason why I got so deep into the music industry because I just, there was something about it. They made it feel attainable and real. So I don't think I would change a thing. There you go. Benji, you do, you would just have Benji Madden as your husband. That'd be the only difference. Right. <laughs> that would be a nice change. I'm not going to lie. He said Good Charlotte is kind of the reason you got so deep into music. But when it comes to concerts, is there like one concert in particular that like a switch turned on and you were hooked? I honestly can't remember. My parents were pretty supportive of me going to shows and I've been doing it I think since I was like 14, 15, just going to little club shows in Des Moines with bands like Spittlefield and Scary Kids Scaring Kids and I don't remember when the switch clicked honestly. Well, you've been going to concerts, like you said, for almost two decades now. Um, but when did you decide to start blogging about it all? That was probably like three and a half, four years ago. Um, I actually have a day job where I sell nuts and bolts. So it has nothing oh. to do with music. And I used to go in every day telling my coworkers about these amazing bands I was seeing. And my one coworker looked at me straight in the face and he's like, Langan, we love you. We don't care. Go, go tell someone who cares. Go start a blog because people do want to hear this, but we are not your demographic. And I'm like, you know what? I will. And within a couple of weeks, I was a blogger and blogging about all these amazing shows. I thought you were just going to end it with, he was like, we don't care. And then you thought about the blog, but he, I'm glad that he encouraged you. Yeah, no, they all encouraged me. They're like, you have great stories, but you're telling the wrong people. Well, how did you navigate like the last year? There was no shows. Yeah, the last year has been rough. My entire life changed in the blink of an eye and I've never cried so much. I'm pretty sure I listened to Hold On a few times. <laughs> um, but I ended up just switching to album reviews. It's not the same for me. I don't have 
such a passion for it, but music is music and I needed music because I was going through a rough time not having concerts. So I just started reviewing CDs and albums. Have you found that you said it's like not you're not as passionate about it, but has like writing the reviews kind of helped you um, your writing in any way? Yeah, I think so. It's I've had to get more tactful. I can't say the same thing about every album, regardless of if they sound the same. I have to, you know, get a little bit more creative with my words and dig a little deeper into my soul about how music makes me feel, how a certain song makes me react. So I feel like it's not only changed my writing style, but just changed the way how deep I dig into music. Yeah, like I started, um, when I started writing about music, I was doing interviews and then I switched to like album reviews. And yeah, it is really hard to not say the same thing over and over again right especially if it's a band that you don't really like but you want to write something you can't be mean about it yeah you just you want to find the positive in every album because i mean every album may not be for you but it is for somebody right and someone took the time and put their heart and soul into a cd so you got to give it credit where credit is due and what i like about your live reviews is you don't just like talk about what's on stage you talk about a lot of aspects of the show from the crowd to the fashion but like what is your like what do you find the most interesting about concerts that's not the band? It's definitely the audience. I am a huge people watcher. Like you said in my blogs, I will talk about the audience sometimes more than I talk about the music. But I just, I like seeing how other people interact in that atmosphere. It's depending on what show it is, it could be super intimate if you're at like an acoustic song and someone on your left hand side could be crying and someone on your right hand side could be laughing because they love a song or, you know, it's just the way, just seeing how music affects people. I don't think people understand how deep that goes, even if you're just a passerby. You've been to all these different shows. Is there any band or artist you feel has the best audience? Honestly, any local metal band and any local metal scene. There is something about metalheads that are stuck in a local scene and have a true love for their local bands. There's a feeling that audience that you will never get anywhere else. Hmm. I did not expect metal. I love, I'm in LA, so when, you know, the before times when we could go do stuff, I would go to Jimmy Kimmel Live a lot because his, he would just have like free concerts when he has those musical guests. And they just do them outside in the parking lot. So I'd go and I've seen like people that I would never like pay for, like Ricky Martin or Usher, something like that. And I gotta say, Usher has some of the top tier fans I've ever seen. That is a crowd to watch. What makes them so top tier? Now I'm interested. I've never seen (laughs) them. Like you get the kind of boy band feel like the fandom of a boy band fan but it's all but then they have this coolness to them because it's r&b music it's just a it's another level (laughs) (laughs) okay i'll have to keep that in mind (laughs) i haven't been to a lot of metal shows though so i can't really speak on that one (laughs) yeah honestly it takes a special kind of person but i'm pretty deep in the metal scene here in the twin cities and it seriously it feels like home and i love it and i love the people in it and just the way they interact with each other it's great so not a good charlotte audience but a metal audience (laughs) yeah yeah i mean my love for good charlotte still reigns supreme but you know my musical taste definitely again they were my gateway and i decided to take the heavier route through life so I listen to more heavy metalcore and metal and death metal and you went rock and rockin' with it. I was more pop and poppin'. <laughs> right. But still, I mean I feel like again, good Charlotte and those bands, they kinda they put you on a path and it's a choose your own adventure type of path. <laughs> 
Yep, exactly. I like that. So now that concerts are slowly coming back around, what do you have planned in the coming months for your blog? Are you do you have like your calendar full already? What's going on? Yeah, I am booked with concerts through I think January at this point. And then I have I'm looking at my stack of CDs right now. I'd probably say 200 CDs and vinyl that I have to review. Um, wow. Yeah, I am actually quitting my day job and going full time with it at the end of next month. So congratulations on that. That's a big step. Yeah, it's huge. Probably not the smartest thing to do when concerts are still kind of teeter tottering there. But I thought the last year was going to break me and ruin it. But I'm going to take it and run with it. Well, can you tell the people where they can find you online? Yeah, you can find me. My main website is just www.girlattherockshows.com or else I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Patreon. Everything is just Girl at the Rock Shows. Well, Girl at the Rock Shows, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today about your emo crush. And everyone, you can find all of her information below in the description. And until next time, keep crushing it.